What's up, Buttercup? Hey, thanks so much for joining me today. This episode's gonna make you some money, honey. Today we are talking about how to make extra money, which for many of you is going to be the catalyst to changing your life. I'm telling you, it is. When you learn that you don't need any money to start making money, especially in today's environment, everything changes. It can change your outlook, your confidence, your belief in yourself, your family's legacy, your options, everything. Today, you will be hearing from someone who went from having a full-time job and just messing around with a few listings on eBay and very quickly realizing that just by cleaning out her closet, she had discovered an opportunity to retire from her job and make this her full-time business. Hold up, hold up. Now, before you go, oh, I don't, I don't want to learn how to do this. I don't want to learn how to sell stuff on eBay. That sounds annoying, or I don't have time. I have a feeling this episode could change your mind. My guest today is my new friend, Leslie Tucker. Leslie is a mother of 10. Leslie had been working full-time for 15 years as a professional baker when she decided to start listing a few items on eBay just to kind of connect with her husband, Thomas. She quickly realized that she had a passion for reselling and that this was a way for her to basically retire from a job that was starting to get on her nerves. In today's episode, she's going to tell us, she's going to walk us through the process of what it takes to get started. Now, I want you to check Leslie out. She's got an incredible YouTube channel, Instagram, and she's an author. But before we go much further, I want to invite you to go deeper. Like, we're going to go through a lot of things pretty quickly in this episode. I mean, I I was taking fast and furious notes. But there's still so much more to learn, number one. And number two is I want to walk you through this process. I want to keep you accountable. Myself, I'm going to do this. And so is my family members. We're all doing this together as a challenge. We start on Wednesday, August 12th. If you're listening to this episode on Monday because you're a subscriber and you always stay up to date, well, then you can do this challenge for free. If you register before Wednesday, it's free. After Wednesday, it's just $20. And let me tell you, it'll be the best $20 you'll ever spend because we're going to save you dozens of hours and perhaps teach you how to make thousands and thousands of dollars. I'm not joking. With stuff you already have in your house, like we're not going to go into flipping items. We're going to go into decluttering your home, which I suspect you probably need to do, like who doesn't, taking the things you've already invested in and getting a return on that investment making some money back. And for many of you, this is going to be your very first opportunity to make an online income. That's my goal, is to show you, you have options. And Leslie is here with us today to help you understand how simple it is to get started exploring those options. Leslie, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to share with people your story and your expertise. Jillian, thank you for having me on. I'm really excited. I spent a lot of time with you over the last week listening to all of your episodes on YouTube, on podcasts, your interviews, kind of your journey. And it's fascinating and it's inspirational because so many people, I think, feel like they have to come up with their own idea. If they're going to make money, if they're going to start a business, I've got to invent something. I've got to create something unique. I have to open a boutique. I have to invest a ton of money. I have to have something that's, you know, groundbreaking or inventive, revolutionary. But I personally believe 
that the very best way to help someone start a business is to have them make their first like $7 selling something online. And girlfriend, you are such an inspiration because of the way this started for you. So if you don't mind sharing with those listening a little bit about how this started for you. So yes, I am a reseller and it started for me about four years ago. My husband, who is a retired firefighter, he was retired when we met and I came into our relationship and had to work and he was retired. So we were passing ships and I said to him one day, teach me what you do because I wanted to do something to keep us working together. And he I started- stop you right there and say, like, I heard that in one of your episodes. <laughs> like that was, to me, yeah. that's such a great marriage tip. Yeah. And, you know, this wasn't intended to be a marriage tip, but right. it is so powerful to just take an interest in what yeah. our spouse does. And it is curious to find out how that has evolved for you, yes. the two of you. So I'm sorry, continue. No, no, no. Yeah, I, I, people do. They get amazed by that. But I think it's really important because we were previously married to other people. So I wanted to make sure we had a connection. And he really was selling on eBay and Amazon. And I would go to work and come home and he would be doing his thing. And I would say, wow, there's time being wasted there. So I said to mm. him, just kind of show me what you do. And once he showed me like where he got his items and things like that, I said, I could probably do this and remember that my sister had told me about this app called Poshmark. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do eBay because it seemed like Thomas was already like grouchy about eBay. And I was like, I don't think I want to start there as a beginner. So uh -huh. let me try out this Poshmark, which was very simple. Then you just downloaded the app. I took clothes that I already had from my closet. Beautiful. Plus Thomas would go, he was already, you call it sourcing. People, instead of thrifting when you're a person who's shopping to resell, you're sourcing for mm. items. So I just said, bring me some women's clothes, some of the combination of what I had in my closet, what my girls had, shoes, jewelry. I started selling things on Poshmark, just as simple as that, what I already had available. I love that. And so you did this initially just to connect with your husband and yeah. to make a few bucks. Yes. <laughs> and people laugh at me. I was working. I had a really great job. I was a lunch lady, made good money. Aww. And so when I started selling, I could take that money and pay it on my daughter's lunch account. She went to a very exclusive school and I wanted her to be able to buy whatever she wanted. So mm -hmm. that I was like, oh, I'm making a little bit of money. Let's just throw it all on her account so she can get the whatever she wanted to eat during the day and then maybe treat myself to a coffee at Wawa on Friday. And that really was- <laughs> Wawa, where do you live? Yeah, my goal. I live in Delaware. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. So Wawa is very regional. We don't have any of those here in California. Oh, it's tons of Wawa everywhere you go here in Delaware. <laughs> I love it. So you're making a few bucks and are you thinking to yourself, this is fun? Are you thinking to yourself, this is giving me confidence? Mm -hmm. Or may I ask if I can back it up a little bit, how long did it take from the time you listed your first item to the time you received your first online income payment? So it probably was about 48 hours. Wow. Talk about an instant boost in yeah. the arm. It's like a shot of like, okay, this is possible. Yeah. It was, it's 48 hours. I sold a pair of dance goes. So if anybody knows about dance goes, those professional Jeez. work clogs. Yeah. They sell pretty well. So that was really exciting to me. Okay. So it's 48 hours later, you've made your first sale. Would you say that you were bitten by the bug at that point or was it still just a hobby? So it was still just a hobby. And this is a great situation for people who are working full time. And I worked for the school district. So as you know, with different school districts, 
you're off on holidays, you're off in the summer. So for me, it was casual. And then I would go full steam ahead on my breaks and the whole summer. And so it was such a great way to make some money in the summertime, just listing and doing the things that I needed to do. And then when school started, I had a little money saved and I would kind of like slow down a little bit because now I'm back at work. Sure. And then when I started getting really stressed at work, I started thinking maybe I can do this full time. What can I do to make this full time? So I started like really investing time in it, listening to my husband, watching a lot of YouTube videos to find out how things sold, what were platforms that I could sell on to extend my business beyond Poshmark and just started working a little bit harder and listing more things and actually going beyond my own closet and now going to places to find items to resell. I consider that the earmark of a good entrepreneur. They realize I don't need to enroll in college to do this. The education is up to me. I can take it upon myself to learn exactly, precisely what I need to know. I don't have to follow someone else's syllabus or take classes that are not of use to me. I can design my own coursework. I can decide what platforms I want to intimately understand and how to get better at this. And in the process, that through that education, you start making more money. Mm -hmm. And I know the million-dollar question from so many people who get in that transitionary stage where they're like, okay, hmm, could I quit? Could I quit doing what I'm doing to do what I'm having fun doing? And they often think, and I'm going to ask you this question, see if you agree. They often think that they have to replace their income. And I always just say, you just need to see that it's possible. Exactly. If I spent 40 hours a week doing this thing, I can see based on what I've done part-time that it's possible to replace and exceed what it was I was doing at my full-time job. Did you get to the point where your income had already replaced or did you just see the potential? I saw the potential. So once I saw the potential and I knew that I had options, right? So at this point, I'm like, I really want to leave my job. I was new to Delaware, so I wasn't invested in my job. I wasn't worried about a pension or anything like that, like my coworkers were. So I started thinking I do have options. And so I sat down and came up with a plan with my husband I wrote out a plan myself, how much money I needed to take care of the household income that we share and how much money I needed to invest back into my business. And I also opened up several banking accounts because Mm -hmm. I wanted to have different accounts. So I put all that in place before I even thought, yes, this could possibly be a business that replaces my income. I just kind of started the groundwork of it just to see again, like you were saying, the possibilities and the potential of maybe taking this thing full time. I love that. Taking pen to paper is such a powerful thing to do. You make a confident decision. You're not like wondering, hmm, does this feel like the right thing? You've got numbers. You're like, okay, well, here's the minimum amount I need to make. And how long before you, you know, between the time that you created the plan and you were able to execute it, So I created the plan in April of 2018. So of course I'm working, I'm at work. And by then I was definitely, after I showed it to my husband, I said to him, because you know, often people make decisions that don't include their spouse, but I wanted to make sure that he was okay with it, you know, not getting permission, but then we were on the same page. And I said to him, look, I'm thinking about coming home. What do you think about that? And he said, I am 100% with you on this. That is, I'm surprised it's taking you so long is what he said to me. 
Definitely. Yeah. So in April, I really just started working my plan. School ends here in June. So from April to June, I came home from work and I really ate, slept and drank the business as if it were a full-time business just to start preparing myself. And then when June hit and the last day of school, I went full force with just working the business 100% as if it was my business, my full-time business. Yeah. And I had a six-month plan. So my goal was to leave my job in six months. I was able to actually implement it in three months. How amazing is this? How amazing is the world that we live in today where most of the apps that you and I are going to talk about today, they're free. Yes. Okay. So let me give you a couple of rapid fire questions if you're all right with that, Leslie. Did you have to invest a ton of money to get started? No, I didn't. Because remember, initially I started with clothes I already had. Yep. And clothes that Thomas already had. And then when you're reselling, you can go to thrift stores to yeah. find what you're looking for. Did you have to invest a ton of money creating your own website or e-commerce site? No, you use an app that's already available to sell on. Did you have to have a lot of business experience? No, the apps provide everything you need step by step. Did you have to know a lot about technology and shipping and have like a special printer, those kinds of things? No, you do not. You do need a printer, but you do not need a special printer or any special equipment. I used my phone, same equipment that I used back then in 2016 when I started. Right now in 2020, I still use the same, I have my same old printer and I use my phone, my own iPhone. Back then I had an Android, but my iPhone is everything. It's my camera. It's my, the place where I list and do the different things. So nope. No fancy equipment. Do I need to know a bunch of skinny models to put my clothes on them and take pictures of them? You do not. You can put (laughs) things on a hanger, on a hook. I use a command hook on a blank wall. Or you can do something called a flat lay where you lay your items down on a nice backdrop and take photos. That's so cool. I just want to say before we go much further that you provide a wealth of information to people. And I encourage them to take a look below this episode where they will find a link to your podcast, which has, you just go through basically month by month by month telling people exactly what you're doing. We basically follow your journey from starting this as a hobby into Mm -hmm. making this a full-time career. And you interview just a ton of people who have all the, you know, Depop and Poshmark and Etsy and eBay. Like you have all the experts there. It's, just a wealth of free information. So I encourage people who want to continue with their education to check that out. And we've got more things to share with people on how they can connect with you. But Leslie, as promised, I want to walk people through the process. I am going to clean out my house this weekend. Yes. And I want to start listing things. So I'm already overwhelmed, right? Like I'm literally, I'm not just pretending. I'm going to do this, girl. Mm -hmm. And so do I start with my kitchen stuff? Do I start with the old lamps that are in the garage that I kind of want to just donate? Or should I start with my clothes? Like, how do I get focused and organized to know where to start first and what to do next? That's a really good question. I would suggest grabbing the items that are easily accessible because the items in the garage are probably shoved somewhere or whatever, but your clothes is the easy way to go. You can decide, let me pull everything out of the closet, 
go through the items that you are no longer wearing. We all have an excessive amount of clothes that we're no longer wearing. We probably, especially now, yes. only wear about five things a week. Um, I live in yoga pants all day long, so I no longer need all the dresses and the shoes. So pull out your shoes, pull out your purses, pull out all of your dresses, Okay. anything that you own, and just go through everything. And this is also a good time to decide what, you could possibly no longer wear all of the things with holes and things like that. Grab all the items that are really still good. And those are the items you should start with. Okay. So the first thing I'm doing is going to pull everything I'm not using. Yes. And then I have to decide between with these things. Okay. Is this donate pile or is a sell pile? Exactly. And how do I decide what is a donate and what is a sell? Well, your donate pile, because you know we all have probably have that shirt that has holes or things in it. That's your comfortable shirt. You don't want to try to sell that to someone. Mm. So you want to take the shirt that's the good top. So say, okay. for instance, we can use what we're going through now. You may have been laid off or have some challenges. So this is a time to recoup money from clothes that are sitting in your closet that you would normally wear to maybe your corporate job or mm -hmm. if you're a teacher or something. Pull those items out. Look at them. Find out what you could possibly get for them mm -hmm. and then list them for sale. Let's talk about that. Well, two questions. Number one, do I need to dry clean them or steam them or make minor repairs before I sell them? That's question number one. Question number two is how do I know how to price things? Okay. So the first thing is I personally don't do any minor repairs. It's just too, it becomes too much work. Even if you're like a novice and you're just starting, you don't want to have to deal with that. <laughs> like, you know, if it literally, if it has holes or stains or anything like that, you know, that's the go, or you can just keep that for lounging around. Yeah. Now, as far as cleaning, it, it should definitely already be clean. I mean, you should be, at least wash it or something like that because you don't want to send anything to anyone that has any type of smells and that includes mm. like cigarette smells you don't want to have any cat fur anything like that so you want to wash it use a lint roller okay. that's really important no one wants to get something and it's been in the house with a pet and it's dog fur all over a black shirt or something like that so second question was the plan we know oh, how, no, how much you, how much you know the price well Pricing, they call that comping. You go and you check the comps, which is the comparables. So okay. a good way to check is you, first of all, you pick the platform that you want to sell on. All right. Right. And then that could be later conversation. And you just yep. go in and you look up your item in the sold category. So oh. in every platform, you click, you type in your item, you type it in, it comes up. Then there's an area where you can click sold. So you want to go in and see all the items that are like yours or similar to yours, right? that have sold and you'll get an idea of what that item sold for. So there's going to be always like a high range or a low range. And that just depends on you're a new person. So you're probably going to price lower. A person who's been in business for a little bit longer probably knows what they can get for an item. So if you purchased it for a hundred, it's probably going to go for about 70. It may. And then a person who really is not interested in getting a whole lot of money, which is usually the new person they may price it at 30. So your $30 item is going to sell faster than the $70 item. What advice do you have for me? Like if I have this giant, which I do, a giant pile of clothing right now on my bed, mm -hmm. is there a way that you can share with us to systematize this process of taking photos mm -hmm. and, and then do I just throw them all back in a laundry basket? Like, is there a way to keep this kind of organized and not lose my mind? 
So one thing you can do, which I call it batch work. So once you decide what you're going to do now, you decide I'm going to sell this pile of clothes. What I would say do is take a couple hours in one day and just take photos of everything at one time. Okay. And then maybe hang everything up is, would be the best thing to do. First of all, as a person who's been doing this, I have a clothing rack in an area that I work from. But if you don't put everything on a hanger or designate a drawer or even a bin mm -hmm. and then slowly pull those items out and you're going to list them after you've taken your photos okay. once you decide what platform you're going to sell on. How do I know the best way to write descriptions? That is, if you already have the item, the simplest thing to do is just type in what you think the item already is. You can actually go to the website. So say, for instance, you're a person who has this J. Crew polo top. You go in, type in J. Crew Polo Top and kind of get an idea of what their description. That's what I tell people. Ah. Go to the actual website, however they have it listed, because you okay. have to be searchable. So yes. if any platform that someone comes to, imagine them going to Google and typing in what they're looking for. If they type in your item exactly, for instance, your item is actually going to come up no matter where you sell it. So mm -hmm. if someone's looking for this black t-shirt that I have on, they type that in, what I have for sale may come up. You may get very mm. fortunate and your item comes up in their search. I see. So you might as well use the original retailer's description of it. Exactly. And do I need to describe, I would assume, the condition that it's in, in in pretty good detail? Like if it does have like a snag or something, do I put that in the description and do I take a photo of that? Yes. So that, that is really important, especially now with the way the cameras are. If I have something that has a small tear or a snag, a string hanging, and I know it's an item that it still can be sold, I take a photo and you know on your apps now, you can circle, I circle, I take, I use the wow. marker on the phone app and then I use that as a photo in my description. And then I also write in my description what's wrong with the item. So if it's a small stain, the stain, you'll say, look at picture number eight, wherever the, the designated picture is, they can look at the photo and then you'll tell them what's wrong with the item. It's as simple as that. You want to give as much information. You want to be truthful because if a person gets the item and you haven't provided that, that becomes a challenge for, you know, that's a return, um, yeah. that's a bad review, anything could go wrong with that. Can you give us your best tips for shipping? Like, can I just throw it in one of these Amazon boxes I have laying around at the front door <laughs> so for shipping it depends on what app you sell on so you okay. know if you there are several different apps we haven't talked about the apps yet but it's, it's right. ebay you have macari you have poshmark those are the main platforms that are out there and then you have amazon as well but let's say for instance you're a person who sells on ebay the best way to go about selling on ebay is to weigh your items they already have a structure in place um, they've worked it out with the, the post office, FedEx, UPS, all the major carriers are on there. You always should weigh your item, especially before you list it. And this is eBay. Oh. eBay is you weigh it. And then once you weigh it, it'll tell you what type of packaging you should use already in the app. And that's a really great thing. If it's How do you a weigh clothing, do you buy like a food scale? How do you weigh clothing? You can, use a, you can purchase a food scale or you can purchase okay. a regular scale. So you can just go to Amazon and put in you know, eBay scale and it'll come up oh, with, the, okay. with the ideas of the type of scales you can Good to know. Yeah. yeah. So definitely. And then that, that's the cool thing about eBay. The lighter the item is, the cheaper it is going to be send it. And then there's other options. If you've heard, like, of course, the post office with the flat rate, if it fits, it ships. 
So if it fits in like an envelope or a medium flat rate box or a large flat rate box, everything that you can shove in there, it will ship whatever that price range is. Now Poshmark, as we get further into that, Poshmark is a platform. They have one shipping structure. It costs $7.11 no matter what anyone buys. Yes. So even if I'm shipping you a big, giant, 30-pound coat. So that is, <laughs> poundage-wise, that's the issue. So anything up to five pounds is $7.11. Okay. And then it goes up a little bit more each increment. So I okay. think the most is like 10 pounds. All right. Um, but like most people, most sellers try to keep it five pounds. And then mm -hmm. it's like six pounds or more. It's like $3.99. And then it keeps going up. But for the most part, it stays within five pounds. So imagine if you have these like big giant ski boots, that's like $7.11. That's to the buyer. They pay you and then you get whatever your cost is. You can put it in and that's priority shipping. So it can go into any type of priority box. It can go into flat rate. It can go into a mailing priority box. And all you do is put your label on it and send it out. Okay, we're going to take a quick break to honor our show sponsor today, which is My Soul CBD. And as you know, my favorite product, I'm just going to cut to the chase and tell you, are their Dream CBD capsules. They're a combination of CBD and melatonin. I take two to three every single night. Love them. I love that they don't have THC in them. They have zero THC. And that's important for some of you, especially those who are worried about having any THC in your system, whether that's for drug testing or you just don't like the way it makes you feel. THC is that stuff that typically gives people the feeling of being high, whereas CBD just affects the central nervous system in such a way that it allows you to relax while you're trying to fall asleep. Actually, CBD, because it has an impact on the central nervous system, it is fantastic to recalibrate homeostasis. That means whether you're trying to cope with anxiety or focus, CBD might just be an all-natural solution for you. They have tons of different products, all of which are third-party lab-tested so that you know that they don't have any THC in them. They've got tons of different products, so if you don't want to do droppers or capsules, you can do these delicious CBD gummies that they've launched. They're fantastic. Everything is USA-grown, organically farmed, and gluten-free. So whether it's inflammation or sleep or stress or focus, anxiety, Anything that your central nervous system could have an impact on, you should try CBD. We continue to see really promising research on the benefits of CBD. I love that it's all natural. I love that it's non-addictive. Why not try it? Especially when you get 20% off when you use the code LIFER. Simply go to mysoulcbd.com and use the code LIFER for your 20% off. All right, back to the show. Is there any fear that we're going to get a negative review or have a more favorable review if we wrap it in tissue and put a thank you. Are, are any of those things required? They're not required, but they help you. Now, for my business, I don't get into like tissue paper and like the really frilly things. Yeah. I just use like plain plastic bag. I have great stickers and I've been selling for Poshmark is my main platform. And because I've done a lot of different things for them, I have all these postcards that they sent me with these great stickers so I send a thank you note there. My other okay. platforms, I have stickers and I always send a thank you note, but I don't get it. You can do tissue paper. Now, plastic is better because say for instance, oh. your postal service leaves your box outside, Smart. your inner item won't get messed up because it's in a plastic bag. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we're going to get into returns in just a moment mm -hmm. and some of the misconceptions or maybe pitfalls 
for that new person to avoid. Mm-hmm. You mentioned Mercari. Yes. You mentioned Poshmark. You mentioned eBay. I've also heard my daughter does a lot of reselling and she uses Depop, Depop. and and Grailed. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so Grailed tell- is men's, all men's clothes. Oh, well, that and, makes sense. Yes. <laughs> With that one, yes. Yes. Grail okay. is all men's clothes and it's just about anything, jeans, sneakers and things like that. I absolutely love Depop, but I think it's a great platform for like younger people. I well, just, that that answers both those. That's yes. why she's like, yeah, Depop's not for you, mom. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. if you, if you, you know, Depop is great for people who aren't shy of modeling their items. To oh. me, it is more of a younger generation. It actually started in the UK a few years ago and then just moved to the U.S. about three years ago. A lot of the people are younger. They model. So vintage does well there. Anything from the 90s, any kind of goth items, any kind of really young people stuff is yeah. Depop is. If a lot of you know um, graphic t-shirts and things like that. That's okay. with Depop. I like Depop, though. I've made a few. Okay. This is so helpful. All right. So now we, we kind of have a sense of I mean, this is great. Like, so you, you might not list all of your pieces on eBay or all exactly. of your pieces on Poshmark. You might say, well, this piece is going to do better yes. on, say, Depop. Yes. Or, okay, so then tell us the difference, perhaps, if you could, between Macari, Poshmark, and eBay. Okay, so let's start with eBay. People probably okay. know eBay a little bit better. It's been a long, around a long time. I think they just celebrate 25 years, if I'm correct. My husband's been selling. How is this possible? I, I just, know it's amazing. I literally it's like, just I graduated from high school. It's crazy. It, it really is crazy. And then people who started originally, you know, eBay was everything, mail and checks and all kinds of the evolution of these um, platforms are amazing. So eBay, I think of it as a platform where you can literally sell anything to anyone around the world. So you can okay. sell a car on eBay. So that's like how amazing eBay is. And eBay is a platform where I actually suggest that people start on eBay, learning all the quirky things about eBay from shipping to listing to photos to your title, your description. And then when you transition to another platform, you'll go, wow, this is nothing compared to eBay. (laughs) To me, eBay is the most challenging, the more involved. And once you get that down, you can literally function on any platform. But it's up to you. eBay, you can sell anything from electronics to clothes Mm -hmm. so you can sell from low-end clothes which probably would be like a forever 21 up into a more expensive luxe brand Mm -hmm. so ebay is if you really want to just kind of get your feet wet kind of start there and see because you could probably have like all of your children's clothes and you could put everything together maybe you know you've had a baby and now you're at you want to get rid of 2T clothes, so you want to bundle up 10 items. eBay is a really great platform to do that. You bundle them, set one price, and then ship it out to oh, wherever it's bundling. Yes. Okay, so bundling is, is, another. is that one of the advantages of eBay, that it's more the place you're going to bundle things? Um, eBay, Poshmark is a really great place for bundling. Poshmark actually has a program in place where it's called Bundle, where you can create a bundle. If somebody comes into your platform and likes a couple items, you can create a bundle of all the things they liked and send them one price. And if they accept that offer, then now you've sold, instead of that one thing, you've sold between three to seven things or whatever. Yeah. So it's a cool thing. Yeah. And are there certain items that you don't put on Poshmark? For example, I know we're primarily based on your suggestion. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much to keep us focused and maybe start with clothes, shoes. 
But if I'm like, okay, this is going well, or I want to instead start with all of these extra kitchen gadgets that mm -hmm. I have, am I going to do that on Poshmark or eBay? Well, so the cool thing about Poshmark is they're actually expanding. They usually listen. They're very community-based platform if you want a sense of community and you want to build friendships and go to events and things like that poshmark is the platform for you that's okay. how i've made so many friends and so many connections poshmark is listening to the community so they're actually expanding all the time last year they added home goods and that would be the items that you would sell in your kitchen from plates and you can sell sheets and you can sell pictures and all kinds of things they just expanded where you can add sell toys you can sell puzzles the Barbie dolls, they have so many categories now on Poshmark. The president of Poshmark came out, the CEO made an announcement because times are tough. We want to try to add as many categories and keep our people who are selling here so that they don't have to go to yeah. another platform. So they're being very competitive and creating opportunities for people to stay on Poshmark so they don't go to Macari or eBay. And so then why would we list on Macari then versus Poshmark? So Macari, to me, so for people who don't sell, <laughs> Macari is a middle ground. I say that Macari and eBay had a baby. I mean, Macari, sorry, Macari and Poshmark had a baby. That's okay. how Macari is. It's the simplicity of listing like Poshmark because Poshmark, you take a picture, you list it, bam eBay okay. is a lot of categories and different things you have to type in. Okay. Macari is like the middle ground in terms oh. of your shipping because it's easy when it comes to your shipping you just put in like your weight and then your label kind of comes up whereas ebay you have to create your label at the other end yeah Hashmark, you don't have to create your label because as soon as somebody mm. purchases it they so it's a middle ground with macari you can sell all the same things you can on ebay from home goods electronics it's a great place to sell your laptops your games i sell oh. a lot of puzzles there i sell games there i sell lightweight items like flip-flops and things like that more what they call hard goods oh okay. those are light goods hard goods are like anything that's like electronics we're moving so i'm cleaning out my house so i go through drawers and pull things out and things that i no longer want i sell on macari and ebay is just the reason that i don't sell on ebay is this it's like a bigger platform at one time before all the things we're going through they charge a lot of fees so if you mm, list something yeah. it costs 35 cents to list you can purchase a store but what if you don't want to pay 30 dollars a month so you have to buy like a store if you don't buy a store then you have to pay every time you list something so mm. after a while say for instance you have a, you're listing a thousand things you have fees so Ooh. at the end of the month and then once you get paid you still have to pay a monthly fee so it was just becoming a lot for me. So okay. I like Macari and Poshmark because on Poshmark and Macari, the only thing they do is take a percentage. There's nothing else after that. Whereas when it comes they, to the shipping fee, is it the seller who pays the shipping fee or is it the buyer? Now that's up to you. On Macari and eBay, your buyer, you can charge free shipping or you can charge your buyer. Okay. Everyone has a different philosophy. If I were to charge free shipping, I just include what I think my shipping's going to cost into my price. That's just like a trick of the mind because, you know, you see absolutely. free shipping, right? Oh, girl, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. You want free yeah. shipping. Yeah, you want free shipping. So you've already, kind of, sometimes people don't get that. They think, well, free shipping, well, if you have an item that is normally, you want $35 for it and it's going to cost you $15 to ship, at, make it $50. 
and then say it's free shipping. It's the Amazon mentality. Yeah. They've ruined us. We don't want to pay for shipping and we want it. I love, I love my Prime. <laughs> right? Wait, I had to wait a day for this? Exactly. Preposterous. <laughs> Let me ask you this. What about, I see some people, and in fact, I think I, I saw that you have it one too, is an Instagram account that just lists some of your items. Do you recommend that for people when they're first starting out? No, not when they're first starting. You, you okay. might be overwhelmed with that if you do. Mm. I mean, if you already have an account that you want to change over, I say don't even jump into Instagram till probably about three to six months. And, you know, my Instagram account that I have, it's really successful now. I just started it as just my personal account, shared a couple things. And then when I was a Depop seller, I would say, oh, this is what sold. And that was it. I wasn't doing anything else with it <laughs> until I decided right. that I wanted to you know, venture into the Instagram world. Are, should we wait to sell seasonal items until that season or before that season? How does that work? I would say sell everything all year round. I mean, we, mm -hmm. we have like one in the United States, of course, we have our 50 states. So it's the seasons are different. Like you're in California, I'm in the East Coast. So it's going to get cold here where it may stay a little bit warmer. So all year round, people on the west coast are probably buying shorts and things like that so if you yeah. have that mentality sometimes people do okay. misunderstand and they think okay i'm gonna wait till the fall to start selling sweaters why because you yeah. never know it gets it gets chilly in the summertime right i you wear sweaters every day i always yeah. dress like it's winter yeah. <laughs> at home you have the air blasting you want to just put something on your body right so all year round my husband and i we sell like ski pants and boots and all that kind of stuff all year round because where it may be warm somebody may decide to be skiing somewhere so you want to keep your business flowing as much as you can now don't put a whole lot of stuff in there yeah. You know, don't go beyond like your space. That's really important. Keep a good inventory system. And then once you have no more space, stop <laughs> bringing okay. stuff okay. in until you can sell. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. Space, yes. Because I have a, I'm sure it's probably my husband's fear that if I start doing this, I will in less than a week turn into a hoarder. Like my mindset, just knowing I'm going to do this, my mindset has already shifted. I'm like, wait, don't throw that away. I'm going to try to sell that. <laughs> you know what I mean? So how do you, especially if you're, you have that personality type, how do you put on the brakes and have a system by which to say like, okay, I can't hang on to everything. Right. I can't have my husband be pulling over on the side of the road because someone's got a couch outside. Like, how do you set limits so that we don't turn into hoarders? Well, the first thing you should do is have a designated space. Mm. It's like some people imagine are working outside of their apartment, right? Or we have right. students who are working in, they're in college dorms doing this. So if you have a specific space, like my daughter's a seller, they have, they share an apartment, she and her fiance with two other people. So everything's in her small closet and she just has like three bins and she doesn't go beyond that. So okay. just keep note of your space first, create a budget so that you don't shop beyond your budget. <laughs> <laughs> that's really important if yeah. you have a budget and you go like okay i spent my hundred dollars for the month for my inventory i can't go beyond that and i'm already at my 299 items when i told myself i would only keep 300 items so if you stay focused that way you won't be go beyond your space and then keep reorganizing you know okay. if items aren't selling start going through because, you know, maybe your pictures aren't good or something like that. Rephotograph. You know, you started in the ah. beginning, so your first pictures were probably yellow 
your clothes were probably a little wrinkled. Now you're like looking at other people's and you're going like, wow, they have a little, it's a little bit brighter. Let me take yeah. a better picture. Let me, you know, iron or steam and create a better presentation. And so just do that, but don't go beyond your items. And one thing that you can do is you can relist your items. So if you have an item that's sitting in Poshmark that you have probably been sitting for six months, relist it. All you do is you just copy and paste the existing information, you delete the item, and you list it again as if it's new. And that everything can be the same. Everything could be the same. Oh. And Poshmark just came out with a new, a tool called Copy Listing. So now you don't even have to delete your item. You hit the Copy Listing feature. It brings your item up exactly the way that it looks. You can then change the price or do create, put more photos in there. And then you list it like it's brand new and then you delete the existing listing. So they created that for people because they knew that times were tough. So say for instance, I have 300 items in my Poshmark, they call it a closet, a Poshmark closet. And I don't have any money right now to go look for new items. I already have 300 items. Now you're just refreshing your items again to make mm. them brand new. Mm. And so that's um, a way to make sales. How do we reach people? I've listed it. And we know, as I teach people, when they're building their social media platform, mm -hmm. like you can have the most amazing post in the world, mm -hmm. but no one knows about it unless you're pushing it out. Mm -hmm. How does that work when we're listing items on one of these apps? Well, the cool thing about the platforms, that's already ingrained in the platforms. They promote for you. Mm. Um, some people do pay for ads and things like that. That's not really necessary. If you're listing a couple things a day, that's already pushing you up to like an active feed or like okay. how Instagram has an algorithm. All of yeah. the platforms have an algorithm. So the more you kind of list or the more activity you put in your platform, it's going to post it up there. So if you like that lovely jacket that you have on, if you listed that for sale, Someone, as soon as you list it, it's going up into the feed and somebody might snag that right away because they're seeing it. Is there any I disadvantage of being a new seller? The disadvantage really is just really learning. I try to tell people that before you even open your app, maybe if you say, for instance, you hear about this app, right? Everyone's heard about eBay, right? You just never yeah. thought it from the, from the perspective of being a seller. Really do your research. You're, you're just like you were saying, your free education is YouTube. Anything you want to know is YouTube. You put in how to become a seller on or how to sell on eBay, um, Macari, Depop, um, Poshmark. You put that in and you just watch, you know, just education. So you can start on Monday, watch a little bit all the way to Friday till you think you have an idea of where you want to go based on what these sellers are telling you. And then pick one platform and start okay. listing on there so you don't overwhelm yourself. Just one at a time until you get the hang of it. That's great advice. What can you tell us about returns? I, mm. some time ago, started a Poshmark account. This is like probably three years ago. And I listed a few items. One of them was a designer purse. Mm -hmm. And I sold the designer purse. And the person sent it back and filed the claim that it was a counterfeit purse. It wasn't authentic. It, yeah, that it wasn't authentic, which it was. Yeah. And I took it so personally I wanted to like, oh, okay, well, I know this person lives, so I am, I'm, we're going to go have words. And I was like, I'm done. I am done. You know, like, how dare they insult my integrity? Like, I really was like, hmm, maybe I'm not cut out for this. Help us understand what we need to expect in terms of returns and how to handle them. 
Yeah. I, the first thing I tell people is just take your emotions out of it. You know, because it's like, just imagine your online store. It's just, it would be no different than you taking something back to an actual store. You go to yeah. the mall to take your stuff back. So first of all, for the authenticity part, now Poshmark has a program where you can send your items there first. They authenticate for you now. And you get a certificate and then you can list it and the people can see that it's real. because How much longer does that take? Um, it doesn't take long at all. It's like literally a few days. They do it and they can, you can have them send it back to you or they'll list it for you under your information. So okay, that's and, I, and I'm sorry because we're going to get back to the returns, but that just made me remember and I crossed my fingers so I don't forget the real real. Yes. I've used the real real and obviously you're getting a much smaller percentage of yeah. the sale. And yeah. so do we even talk real real? Mm -hmm. Is there a reason why you would use real real? You real real is really only good for like the higher end. Like you know, you have a luxe item that <laughs> you know. I mean, I I don't really buy a lot of luxe items, but if you buy that Louis Vuitton bag, this fifteen hundred dollars, mm -hmm. if you're okay getting the five hundred dollars back for it, then that's good for you. Um, Why would I use real real though versus selling it myself on say Poshmark? Well, like the cool thing about the they do all the work for you at the real real, so that's yeah. it. So you have the real real tradesy, Fred up. These are places that do the work for you. That's the difference. Whereas Poshmark, you're taking the photos, oh. you know, you're waiting. You know, you don't you don't have the hassle, just like you said of the authenticity. But now there is a program that will do it for you. So it's up okay. to you what you want, how long. Some people, like I know a lot of my friends sell to the real real because they're like, you know what, just send it. I'm okay with it. You know, whatever I get, I'm fine. Where there are some people like, I, I want my money now. And then Poshmark mm -hmm. is the place for them to sell their item. You know, but Great. again, the, the real real takes a higher percentage. And they're really particular about what they take. They have a list. You have to go in. But you're like, you're nodding. You have to go in and see what brands they take. And they may take the brand, but then they'll tell you. For this brand, we're only taking pants. We're not taking the mm -hmm. jacket or whatever. So it becomes a little... Oh, like, they they are redonkulous how particular they are. Like, I'll send them like a brand new pair of shoes that I literally have, you know, worn in my house. And mm -hmm. they're like, oh, nope, we're not taking these. They're worn. I'm like, where? Yeah. You know, yeah. so, and I think they have a really big team. Yeah. And I think they also maybe got in some trouble at the beginning of the uh, pandemic. Okay. And so yeah. now they're like extra, extra cautious. But I think that's a really great distinction that you'd share with us because there are those people who are like, I don't want to be bothered with exactly. writing the descriptions, taking the photos, mm -hmm. dealing with offers, shipping, any of that stuff. Take it. It's worth it. I exactly. love that you make that distinction for yeah. us. And another um, alternative, I don't know if you know ThreadUp. They're similar to the real mm -hmm. one. So ThreadUp is similar. I call it almost like a Plato's Closet or Clothes Mentor. I don't know what they have in the West Coast where, you know, yeah. the place, the buy, sure. sell, trade stores. And yeah. so ThreadUp is a really great alternative to the real real where it's a similar process. You send your items in, but they take a higher percentage and you'll get a little bit more money. And you can actually see your item in action as it's been sold, who's purchased. I mean, the whole process with ThreadUp is a really interesting way to go. Yeah, you can send stuff that you just want to get rid of and they'll do everything for you. Take all the photos, everything. Yes. Okay. Oh my gosh, you're just a wealth of information. I may have interrupted your train of thought or your answer, I should say, sure. on returns. So don't take it personal. It, right. That was such a great analogy. Like, wouldn't expect the, you know, clerk yeah. at Nordstrom's to take it personal exactly. if you just didn't like that blouse or didn't fit or, or sometimes people return things because you're like, I've got buyer's remorse. I really didn't yeah. have the money exactly. to buy this right now. And that, and that does happen on these platforms. So 
eBay, they take anything back. You're a seller and you can set your, <laughs> you can set your store to, I don't accept returns. But okay. if you, if a buyer complains to eBay, eBay will force you to take it back. They mm. exactly where, and Macari similar Poshmark, there's more of, of a conversation that's being started. So if a customer, they open up what is called a case. So okay. say for instance, you purchase an item, you say it's too small for you. So you go to Poshmark and you say, it just doesn't fit. One, they're not allowing cases that are size related because you knew what your size was when you purchased it. Mm. The big cases are, there's a rip, there's a stain, the description wasn't accurate. These are the things that Poshmark are going, okay, let's start a conversation. Anytime anyone wants to return something in my Poshmark closet, I automatically say, please allow the return. Because if I sold it once, I can sell it again. Oh, that's good. It's just customer, you know, you want customer satisfaction. You want your customer to feel great. And regardless if it was remorse or not. Yes, exactly. Peace. You want you to want be peace. As, I want to be as zen as possible. Yes. So you just, you want to just create that. And then they may come back again. You don't know what the issue was. You can say they probably purchase when they were feeling down or something or whatever. The only challenge is you just want to make sure you have accurate pictures and accurate description because there have been times when a customer has been really mean and sent back, they've torn up your item or a customer will also themselves scam you where they'll buy your item and send you back an item that is not real. Mm, how do we avoid that? Again, making sure you have great photos of your item. So okay. when, you're, when it comes back, then you can do a reverse case, right? So say for instance, some shoes come back. I've had, I've never had it to me, happen to me, but friends of mine, people will reach mm -hmm. out to me and say, look what happened. Poshmark approved this for the shoes because people will take a, you know, not all brands are created equal, right? So if you buy an eight from maybe Louis Vuitton, and you wanted some just like some laid back shoes and you're wearing Target and you put them together, they're not the same size. So your Louis Vuitton is probably going to be skinnier and that Target is going to be a nice laid back sneaker. So mm -hmm. you put them together and Poshmark said, yeah, that eight is a little bit bigger. I approve the return, you know, mm. or, or they'll do something, they'll tear up the shoe. And yes, it's happened. They'll tear up the shoe and they'll say, this shoe was torn and all of this. <laughs> and Poshmark is, so, they have so, I, you would think that they would go look at your photo, but they will probably side with the customer first. What's wrong with you people? You have to just make sure you have great photos. That's parenting. <laughs> that is parenting. So this is just phenomenal. I feel so much more knowledgeable now. I can't even believe how much you've poured into us and the years of experience that you've had personally on each one of these apps. And I feel like you're saving us tons of time and money oh, and hassle you. and what a gift this has been. I guess the last question I would have is if I'm just listing this week for the first time, mm -hmm. do you recommend that we start, you know, if I'm already doing this, should I try a couple of apps at once or should I just stick with one? I would probably say stick with one if you're just starting. I would probably say about a month later, jump into another app, especially if you want to go beyond clothes and sell some other things. Definitely. Well, what we've talked about today is getting started for that person who's clearing out the clutter, who's going through the clothes that they have that are, you know, either it was, they're going to the goodwill or you're going to pawn them off on a couple of friends mm -hmm. and you're creating space and perhaps in the process, maybe paying off some debt or making a little extra income. 
But you can take this a step further. And Leslie, you've done that. You've turned this into a full-fledged career. Mm -hmm. And you consult with people. You help them turn this into a business. You are known as an expert in this industry. Mm -hmm. And I think that this is an opportunity for people. You know, people want to know, like, I need to start my own thing. I just don't know what it is. And having that first taste of, of business, which it was for you, mm-hmm. probably helped you to evolve into like, hey, you know what? You know what this is for me? This is an opportunity for me to teach other women how to start their own business. And, th- and then it goes beyond reselling. But maybe it started with just emptying out your closet. So <laughs> I hope that people will take from that inspiration. I think the message here is just start. Yes. Start. You offer a reseller's guide. Can you yeah. share with us how we can learn more about that and get our hands on it? Sure. It's the reseller survival guide, and I offer practical advice for resellers. And it actually, that particular ebook is sold at a resellerspassion.com, which is my resellerspassion.com. Okay. So you can find me everything there. I'm a reseller's passion. So if you Google, I come up everywhere. And that ebook is actually from beginning to end. I break everything down. If you want to get started, try it first. I talk about, and then I also give you the options of the different apps. I tell you how to source, how to take photos, creating a budget, creating a schedule. I break everything down for you. And and I also give you printables on how you can keep track of your inventory and of your money and all of that good stuff. So it's a really great resource, especially for the new resellers out there. That is fantastic. And for more information, how to get in touch with Leslie, or if you didn't catch that website, you'll check below this audio and that's where you'll find those links. Mm -hmm. Leslie, what an honor it's been to spend this time with you. Thank you for pouring your expertise and wisdom Mm -hmm. into everyone today. You are an angel. Shalene, thank you for having me on. I appreciate you so much. (laughs) Absolutely. Great job.